Now, are you ready for God's word this morning? Amen. I'm going to invite Pastor Jan to come. We started this year as I was praying at the end of the year about how we should focus at the beginning of the year. And I just really felt God laid on my heart this idea of worship as a lifestyle. And so I developed a whole sermon series, five messages on a lifestyle of worship, just trying to get across that worship isn't just what we do together on Sunday morning by singing and, you know, vocal expressions of praise and all that kind of stuff, but it includes so many other things. And um, so it's been a great joy to bring that across to you. I hope that as you've participated in this, and if you've missed any of it, you can go back and watch it online or listen to it, that you've realized that our entire life, whatever we do, can bring glory and honor to God, and it becomes an act of worship. So anyway, I preached the first three messages. Pastor Nate did a great job last week preaching on worship as adoration and praise, and Pastor Jan's going to finish it up today with another topic on how our worship can be a lifestyle. Good morning, good morning. It's such a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I can just sense his presence. Can you feel his presence here? Amen. You know, when we come expecting, we will receive from God. We should not come, you know, I I think there was a song, I'm going to get my blessing. We shouldn't come just to get a blessing. We should come to be a blessing, right? All right. Well, today, as Pastor Tim said, I'm going to wrap up our lifestyle of worship. Pastor Tim began in the beginning of January on a lifestyle of worship, the first service. The second week, he spoke about worship as surrender. The third week, he spoke on worship as service, how we serve others. Last week, Pastor Nate spoke on worship is adoration, giving glory and honor to God through our voices, through our hands, through our instruments, those kind of things. And today, I'm so excited to share, and I mean that. I am talking about worship through giving. Oh, wait a minute. She's going to talk about giving our money. Well, let me just put you at ease. God's not after your money. Can somebody say hallelujah? He's after your heart. He's after your heart. <laughs> Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your heart is, there will your treasure be. Uh, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So we're going to talk about that, but I want to pray and jump right in. Father God, I step back in the name of Jesus, and I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, to come in and speak to me and through me. May I share every word you would have me say, not one more or one less. God, prepare our hearts to hear, receive, and obey your word in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Welcome to those of you that are online. I trust this is going to bless you today as well. Before I really begin, I just want to say how blessed I am to be part of our Moag family. We are a giving church. We are a missions-minded church. You see, some of you may wonder, why are all these flags up here? All of these flags represent the countries that we have a mission, either a missions project or missionaries that we give to faithfully every month. Now, Pastor Tim and I could not do all this by ourselves. We could maybe do a couple, I don't know. But because of you and your faithfulness to give, because you are a missions-minded church, we're able to reach all of these countries with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Now, if you're wondering about, yeah, give yourselves a hand. Praise God. If you're wondering, well, what about the flags in the back? That represents each and every one of us. That's the people of our congregation, and we're so blessed. I like to say our church is a little touch of heaven. Because when we get to heaven, this isn't in my notes, y'all. This isn't my sermon. But when we get to heaven, there's not going to be the black heaven, the Asian heaven, the white heaven, the, you know, Puerto Rican. No, 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 no. We are all one. We are all, we all have the blood. If we have Jesus Christ flowing in us, we have the blood of Jesus flowing in us. And we are all one. We are one family united through Jesus Christ. And I love that about our church as well. So I'm so honored to be part of such a loving, giving church. But can I tell you, I've not arrived in this. And I don't think as a church that we've arrived. There's always room for growth in our love, in our giving. So we're going to talk about that just for a little bit this morning. What you do with your money and possessions reveals the true status of your heart. What you do with your money and possessions reveals the status of your heart. One pastor said it this way about giving. Love is giving and worship is love expressed. So worship always includes giving as a practical expression of your love. Pastor Tim and I go to lunch about once a month with one of our pastor friends, Pastor Jeff Wade, and we had lunch with him on Thursday. And I said, Pastor Jeff, I'm preaching on giving on Sunday. What is one thing? What is a nugget of truth you could tell me to share with our people? And Pastor Jeff said, God's not asking you to do something. He hasn't already instituted himself. According to John 3.16, and many of you, if not all of you, could quote it. For God so loved. That's the first thing. That he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. God has given us his greatest gift. He gave it all. Jesus gave up everything. Have you ever thought about this? When Jesus came to earth, he didn't own anything. Now, the God side of Jesus owned the whole, owns the whole world, but, but God in the flesh, when Jesus came as flesh, he didn't own a home. He didn't own anything. He depended on God for everything. Think about it. And yet he so freely gave his life. Jesus loved people that other people would ignore. Well, and we're to be like Jesus, so we need to love like Jesus. But that's not my message today. So what is worship? Worship is expressing your love to God with every area of your life. It's giving God your best. It's living a lifestyle of worship through surrender, service, adoration, and giving. The Bible tells us we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And love our neighbors as ourselves. Let me just throw that out there. So I want to say to you this morning, if you really love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, 
You will worship God with all you have. With every part of yourself. With all that you own. And like the song says, withholding nothing. You know, there's another song that comes to my mind. It's, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone with every breath that I take. Every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Yeah, I hear some of y'all. Isn't that a beautiful song? And we sing it and we're like, yes, Lord, have your way in me. And you may even sway to the music because, oh, it just, it sounds so good and it feels so good. But I'm asking myself and I'm asking you today, do you mean it? Are you willing to give everything? Because when Jesus came and he's our greatest example, he gave everything. He laid down his life for you and for me. It's easy to sing a beautiful song. It's easy to raise our hands and worship. It's easy to maybe go and serve somebody. But what about when it comes to your checkbook? Well, what about when it comes to your wallet? Why do people get upset and nervous when somebody starts preaching about giving? Do you get upset when you go to the restaurant and they give you a bill? And on top of it, they expect a 20% tip. I can't believe you're asking me to pay for this food and this service. I can't believe you want a tip. No, we know that's just part of life. If you're going to go out to eat, you're going to have somebody serve you. You're going to pay for it. And then if you're a good Christian, you're going to tip 20% whether they served you well or not. Come on, somebody. Because you do not know what that server is walking through. I say this often and I, and I don't, I don't apologize for saying this, but when you go out to eat and if your server doesn't give you the best service, you do not know. One of our servers years ago at Sonny's told us she always had a smile, was always so happy and, and just so sweet. And we watched her. It wasn't just to us. It was whoever she was serving. But you would not know her mother was diagnosed with cancer. Her seven-year-old brother had just been diagnosed with cancer. Her husband had just left her with a newborn baby and two other children. You don't know what that server's walking through. And she, only the grace of God must have given her the strength to put a smile on her face and be kind to everyone she greeted and and waited on. But sometimes you, you get service, even at Walmart. We can preach a sermon on Walmart, right? (laughs) But you don't know what those people are going through. They need to see Jesus in us. And I need to get back to my message on giving. But that is just for free, y'all. So when we talk about giving, it makes me think of marriage. Y'all see that? Is a picture up there of me and my honey? That was my first husband. He had dark, curly hair. I'm still married to him, by the way. (laughs) It just reminds me of when you get married. You see, when I married Pastor Tim, before I married him, I didn't own a car. In fact, I didn't even have any money. In fact, I had college debt. (laughs) 
But I knew when I said I do, that cute, put the next picture up. The next picture, there you go. That cute little blue Honda wagon, that was going to be mine too. I knew that I was going to have money because my husband had not a lot. He had very little, but what money he had was mine. Because I gave my heart to him. I trusted him with my heart. I love this man. If y'all don't know that, y'all blind. (laughs) But you know what? It goes both ways. If I was just like, I'm just going to take everything I can from him. I'm just going to get it all. I'm going to drive his car. I'm going to spend his money. But yet I never loved him back. I never honored him. I never served him. How long do you think he would want to bless me? As a human being, probably not very long, but knowing the man of God that he is, and I mean that sincerely, he would probably continue to still bless me, but it might not be with a joyful heart. It would be with, I'm committed, so I'm going to do this. But I've chosen by God's grace to love this man, to serve him and to do for him whatever I can, to be a blessing to him, to be an encouragement and a source of strength for him. And therefore, he blesses me back. And can I just hit marriage for a minute? All of you that are married, you don't need to be about yourself. God's called you men to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Come on, women. Hello. God's called you to love your wife. And Christ did what? He laid down his life for the church. But women, God's called you to submit to that husband. I see a man going, yes. But can I tell you, my friend, it's easy to submit to a man of God that puts God first and you second. But if you're all about yourself, get me, get, get me this, get me a drink, get me this, get me the TV thing, get out of my way. I'm watching my show. I'm watching the football game. Do you think it'll be easy to submit to you? And I'm not looking at any particular man. And don't worry, none of your wives have told on you to me. (laughs) But men of God live as a man of God in your home. Give to your wife. Women, be women of God in your home. Give to your husbands in every way and don't complain. Do it from a heart of love. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Give. God has called us to love and to give. (laughs) Somebody's laughing. (laughs) When we're committed to our spouses, really loving them, they want to love us back. When we give to them, I know when my husband gives me a special gift for my birthday, and sometimes it's just because. Men learn that. Don't just wait for the birthday and Christmas and anniversary. You better remember those. But sometimes just, uh, and I'm not saying you got to spend a bunch of money, but, but y'all, I'm helping you out. I'm just saying. Go to Winn-Dixie, get a little bouquet of flowers when it's not a special day and bring them home and say, baby, just because I love you. Points, just saying. Now let's move on. 
Just like when we give to our spouses, when we give everything to God, he will more than bless you beyond what you can imagine, ask or think. But we shouldn't do it because we want to get. And when we're faithful to God with our finances and with everything he's blessed us with, sometimes he'll bless us with more finances, but sometimes he will bless us with good health. Sometimes he will bless us with amazing friends. Sometimes he will bless us in ways we never even dreamed possible. But he does bless you financially when you are walking in obedience to his word by giving. So let's talk for just a moment about the first offering in the Bible. Anybody know who gave the first offering? Well, I'm going to tell you. Beginning in Genesis chapter 4, in verse 2, it says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. The first offering we hear about in scripture was Cain and Abel. You see, Cain presented some of his crops where Abel gave the best and first portions of his lambs. The Bible doesn't really say why God did not accept Cain's offering, but we can kind of maybe figure it out. It said he gave some of his crops. Maybe he gave the leftovers. These are a little wilted. We'll give these to God. That's okay. We'll just give them to God. Or maybe he gave really good crops, but he kind of did it. Okay, we got to give to God. Let's do the God thing and we'll give it to him. Well, that's not the right heart. I'm not sure what the reason was, but what I do know is God accepted Abel's gift because he gave the first, he gave the best. He wasn't holding back. He gave everything to God. Everything. Did you know There's one thing in the Bible that God says we can test him in. It's in giving. Malachi 3, 8 to 10 says, Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. How many? All the tithes into the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do this, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven to you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it all in. He says, try me, put me to the test. And can I tell you, my friends, I've experienced God's faithfulness in this. I've so experienced this. 
I'm so grateful for my precious mom and dad. They taught me as a small child to tithe and to give to God. Now, some of you young people in here will be like, really? Guess how much I got for allowance when I was a little girl? One dime a week. What? One dime. But you know what? My mama taught me, with every dime you receive, a penny of it belongs to God. With every dollar you receive, 10 cents belongs to God. If you get $10, a dollar belongs to God. And I'm so grateful, and it just keeps going. I'm so grateful. My precious mommy and daddy taught me that as a little girl. To give, to give freely. Don't be stingy. Don't be like, oh, I got to give in the offering. No, it is a joy to be able to give back to God. Because my friend, whatever you have, it's a blessing from God. Whatever, the car you drive, God's blessed you with that car. The house you live in, God's blessed you with that house. The shoes you wear on your feet, God has blessed you with those shoes. No, Pastor Jan, I worked and I bought these. Who gave you the ability to work? Who gave you the job? Come on, somebody. Whatever we have belongs to God. The Old Testament says give 10% plus offerings. Oh, well, we, we don't live in the Old Testament days. We live in the New Testament days. Well, bless God. Jesus says give it all. So which one you want to do? Give. Give freely with open hands. Because when you do, God's blessings will flow in and through you. That's not why we do it. It is the natural result. When Pastor Tim became a Christian, he learned to tithe as a child, as a young teen. And he tithed and gave to missions. When I was dating him right before we got married, and I don't have his permission to share this, so oops. He worked and he gave 10% to God and he gave 30% above that to missions. This man of God has always had a heart for missions. And it's not because he was making boatloads of money. You pro- minimum wage is probably what you're making, right? He was making minimum wage. And I'm not trying to say, oh, glory to the pastor. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say because of the faithfulness of God, when you give, it was a natural result when we got married. We didn't fight over, can we pay tithes? Can we not pay tithes? Should we give to missions? Should we give that special offering? It is a natural result. That's who we are. It's what we do. And it's not because we're pastors. It's because we are people of God. And God has proven himself. Can I tell you, people of God, there have been times we did not know how we were going to put food on the table. But we still paid our tithes. And can I tell you, we never went without eating. We never went without paying our bills. We never have paid a bill late. Not once. There were times back in 2008 when the economy tanked that 
Our paycheck was cut. Mine was totally cut out, which I only made a few dollars a week anyway, but that was the first to go. His paycheck was cut. And we said, okay, God, we're still going to be faithful to you. And we cut out cable TV. We cut out the telephone, you know, the phone on the wall. That's not even a thing anymore in most people's homes. But we said, okay, Lord, what can we cut out? And we cut out everything that we could. And we continued, and many of you could share the same thing. We continued to pay our tithes and our offerings and our missions. And can I tell you, even as a church, because of your faithfulness, John, we never missed paying our missions to the missionaries, did we? Because of your faithfulness. Because you continued, even though we were all hurting financially during the crisis, we continued as a body of believers to give. And I bet you many of you could get up here right now and share of the goodness of God, how he provided for you, how he took care of you in spite of what you went through. Can I tell you when I was probably six years old, I remember sitting at, my parents were pastors, by the way, and I remember sitting at the lunch table and my daddy looked at my mom and said, baby, what do we have to eat? And she said, honey, all we have left is a small loaf of bread and some peanut butter. And that literally was all we had to eat. And my daddy said, all right, let's join hands and pray. And he blessed the food and we're getting ready to chow down on peanut butter sandwiches. There were no chips. There was no salad. There was no nothing, just that. And there was a knock on the door. My daddy went to the door and the poorest man in my daddy's church was standing at the door. He had 13 children. And he said, pastor, God said, you need groceries. And that man had brought three big boxes full of groceries. Can I tell you, people of God, God is faithful. He will take care of you. And I like to say he's the God of the then some. He will take care of you and then he will bless you beyond. Sometimes in ways you never dreamed possible. Many of you know how God blessed us with our rogue. I'm not going to take time to tell you that story. But God blessed us with our beautiful rogue. And and we got it for way less than what it was supposed to be. In fact, the car dealer looked at us and said, are you, I mean, the the financial guy, he says, are you close friends with the, the general manager here? And we're like, no. He's like, how did you get such an incredible deal? And I said, I don't know if you'll understand this or not, but it's God. God will take care of you. Trust him. Don't be scared. But I'll tell you, if you decide, if you're not a tither, and I don't know who tithes and who doesn't, so I can preach this. We don't look into who's tithing. We don't look into seeing who's giving. That's between you and God. We will never go online and go, oh, is Brother Lynn tithing? Well, now I take that back. If somebody's going to be an elder or a deacon, they, they have, we have to know they're doing what's right before God. But let's just say he's not an elder. He's a church member. You know, we're not going to look into his business. That's between him and God. But I can tell you, if you're afraid, test God in this. But the enemy will come against you. He'll say, oh, 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 your car may break down. 
your refrigerator may go out or something like that. And you'd be like, see, I can't trust God, but I'm going to tell you something. If you'll trust him anyway, he will stretch your money way farther than you ever imagined. But it's not a magic formula. You don't pay your tithes and say, well, God's going to bless me beyond my wildest dreams. And then you spend your money frivolously. You got to pay your bills. You've got to be responsible. You need to budget wisely. And when you do that and you, you put God first, give his portion to him and you pay your bills, you can trust him when you need a new car. You can trust him to lead you to an amazing car. When you need a house, you can trust him to provide you with the right house. Pastor Tim and I were talking the other day and he was like, you remember when we worked for Pastor Dan and and Nancy Crouch and we used to house sit, we were their youth pastors and we used to house sit for them and we'd think, wow, we'll never have a house like this. And, And the truth is, It was a nice home, but it wasn't like fancy. It was just a big house compared to our tiny little, probably 800 square foot apartment we lived in. But God has blessed us with a beautiful home. A home we could have never afforded, but God provided for us to be able to build our own home when we moved here because of the generosity of someone. I could go on and on. I could tell you story after story after story of God's faithfulness to us. But some of you could do the same thing. Can I tell you, when we do this, we're serving, giving to others. We're serving God. We've always got our hands open instead of give me, give me, give me. What can I get? What's mine? But we're giving. Do you understand your hands are always open? That means your hands are also open to receive the blessings of God. My friend, giving is a joy when you learn you can trust your father. I want to share another quick story. When I was a teenager, I worked and I was saving my money. And I I saved other than my tithes. And I allowed myself, I had to put gas in the car, which was $5 a week back then. Oh, if it was only that now, right? And I think I saved out another $5 for myself. And I think I made about $90 a week. And I socked it all into savings. Because I knew I was going to college and I wanted a car. And my dad, he looked at me and he said, little lamb, He said, I know you found that cute little red Pinto. Anybody remember the Pintos? And it was red. And he said, I know you really want that car, baby. And I know you've got enough money and savings. You could go pay cash for it. He said, and if you do, go ahead. You will pay for the insurance. You will pay for the oil changes. You'll pay for the gas. You'll pay for everything that has to do with it. He said, but baby girl, if you'll keep that money in savings towards college, keep it all towards college. He said, you can drive our Oldsmobile as if it's your own car. And I will cover insurance. I will cover. Only thing you have to pay for is gas. Now, that was an old car, and it had a big blowed out hole in the back of it. But I was like, what's the better deal? 
My father had wisdom. I took the deal of saving my money all for college and driving that blue bomb, as I named it, so that I could go to college with a chunk of change in the bank. Kind of makes me think of our heavenly father. We can trust him. He has what you need. He wants to bless you. He wants to use you. He wants you to walk in trust, knowing how much he cares for you. I got to tell one more story. Sorry, I'm a storyteller. (laughs) One day, my Uncle Ken and my Aunt Cindy were going somewhere, and they ended up on a toll road. They did not have money for the toll, and they're like, oh, my goodness, we're going to get a ticket. What are we going to do? And my Aunt Cindy said God spoke to her heart and said, back up. And, of course, they made sure nobody was behind them. Back up and trust me. So she told her husband, and I know he probably looked at her like, what? She's like, just back up the car, pull to the side, back up and pull to the side. She got out, and down by the toll where you pay was all kinds of coins. She picked them up, and it was enough to pay the toll. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He provides. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We can trust him. Not only does God want you to faithfully give of your money, he wants you to give of your resources. What about your car? What? How could God use your car for his glory? Maybe there's somebody that needs a ride to church and you can be their answer to their prayer. You can pick them up and bring them. Maybe somebody, your neighbor, maybe somebody in the church needs a ride to the doctor. Maybe they need a ride to Walmart. You could be the one to take them. That's using your car for God's glory. The Bible says, when you've done it unto the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto him. God wants to use your house. Uh Uh-oh, my house? How does that work? You can have people in your home for a meal. Pastor Jan, I'm not a cook. Well, go pick up some fried chicken. Everybody loves fried chicken. Pastor Jan, I really don't have the money to do that. You can serve popcorn and ice water. Pastor Tim and I have done that. When he was in seminary, we didn't have two dimes to rub together. But we wanted to make friends. This, what I'm fixing to share right here, is for somebody. We were going to a large church because it was the church that we felt was best for our children. And... um In this particular church, it was a lot of the college professors and and in our Sunday school class, there were over 50 people in our Sunday school class and they were college professors and their spouses and all of that. And we really wanted to make friends. People were not asking us over. And we decided we are going to begin to reach out. Somebody needs to hear that. These people all had money. We did not. And we lived in an old, old house that looked like 
But we said, okay, if we're going to have friends, we need to reach out. So we began to reach out. We began to invite some of those couples to our home. And we ended up making good friends. And they ended up inviting us to their home. And we would have chicken and broccoli and, you know, the good stuff. That's not why we did it. But we can use our home to be a blessing to our neighbors, to our people at church, to those we come in contact with. I've not always gotten it right. Sometimes the Lord spoke into my heart. In fact, just a couple Sundays ago, the Lord spoke to my heart about people walking down the road and said, go invite them to church. And I'm ashamed to say I didn't do it. I was like, "Mm, Lord, I'll be late if I do that. Do you think that was the right thing? No, I should have walked in obedience. And I'm telling you that because I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect at everything. I'm far from it. But I did ask God to forgive me. And I was like, Lord, you tell me that again. I will do it. But God wants us to use everything we have for his glory. There's a scripture that I absolutely love. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, poured into your lap. Listen to this. For with the measure you use, the measure you use to give, it will be measured to you. That's powerful. When we learn to give, of our time, our talent, our worship, our finances, our vehicle, whatever God's blessed us with, a natural result is God is going to pour it back into us. But my friend, don't allow material comfort to become your barrier to your commitment to God. Don't allow wanting bigger, better to keep you to where you can't afford to give to God. When people tell me, but pastor, I can't afford to give to God. I like to say, my friend, you can't afford not to. He's your father. He loves you. He wants to take care of you. And I'm not saying this because, oh, I want you to give to our church so that I can get my pocketbook padded more. I want you to give because God is going to bless you and we can do greater, stronger, more powerful ministry. We can bless more missionaries. We can do whatever God's called us to do. Eventually, we can pay off this building that we so desperately need to pay off. I would love to see the day when this building's paid off and God has provided for us to build a sanctuary out on the land out front. I would, I, I, I don't just love, I know we will see the day when Pastor Nate will be paid full time. He works, he gives his all and he does it without complaining and God's blessing is on this young man. His anointing is on him. And God, as long as you keep that heart, Pastor Nate, God is going to blow you away with his goodness. Give and it will be given unto you. Press down, shaken together and running over. More than you can imagine, ask or think. Our God is faithful. He wants to bless you. Let's be people of generosity. Let's give freely to God and freely to others as God has given freely to us. I want to wrap up with just a couple of statements. When we give our tithes and offerings, it is an act of worship and it pleases God. 
when we use our personal resources to bless others, it is an act of worship and it pleases God. I want to challenge myself and I want to challenge every one of you for you, my friend online watching right now. I want to challenge you today. Trust God with every part of your life. Give him everything. Trust him knowing he loves you. He has great plans for every one of us. He wants you to walk in his blessings. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that we can trust you, Lord. You are so good and so faithful. God, help us to have open hands to you and to others always, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I did not talk about giving your heart to Jesus today, but if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you. Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you and for me. The greatest decision you will ever make is to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask Pastor Tim to come down, our elders, And if you need prayer today, maybe it's for healing. Maybe it's because you want to take that leap of faith and say, God, I want to give freely to you and to others. And you want someone to pray with you to help. You don't have to even tell them what it is. I don't know what you need from God, but God loves you and he wants to bless you and encourage you. Maybe you want to give your heart to him. As our worship team begins to sing and play softly, and I'm going to come down, we want to pray with you whatever it is that you need. to come to the house of the Lord. You are faithful to give. You are faithful to serve. You are faithful in your finances. You're faithful to go and help people when they need help. I'm so grateful that's the kind of church we are. But there's room for improvement on my part. There's room for improvement on all of our parts. I just want to pray God's blessing over you and and pray over the snack time we're going to have here in just a few moments. And as Pastor said, I want to encourage you, don't leave. 
take just a little bit of time to meet some people you don't know. Don't just go hang with those you know, but it's time to show some love and meet some people you don't know. Amen? Father God, I thank you for the time we've had together in your house, in your presence, oh God. I thank you, Lord, that you desire to love us, to bless us. And God, I speak your blessings over everyone under the sound of my voice. God, I thank you that you desire to bless us when we come and when we go. And Lord, I pray you would bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. And God, help us to go and love on others. And Father, when we leave this place, help us to remember we are entering our mission field. And that we would shine the light of your love to everyone we come in contact with. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen.